What's up, everybody, and welcome to uh, Gaming History 101, the Retro Video Games Podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Fred Rojas, and I am having a fuck of a week, including forgetting what show I'm hosting. Uh, but joining me tonight are two very special guests. First of all, um, not really new to the show. Actually, we've had him on recently, but uh, from the Horseplay Podcast, we have none other than Yogi. What's going on, man? Yo, yo, Jiggy, what's good? <laughs> You've been doing the rounds, too. I've seen you on the uh, Freeman Network uh, quite frequently. Um, I expect you to jump onto VGO someday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. That's, that's the uh, John Jacobson hour of interrupting you with this guitar. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. But uh, always a pleasure. Um, and I actually, I have a lot of fun on VGO, but, uh, but yeah, no, you I... do have to realize whose show it is just like here. I run this like a tight ship guys. Um, and also in the other dungeon cell, uh, from retro game geeks and freelance retro game, r- game writer and super Sega fan. We have another than a classic co-host, uh, jam. How you doing, man? What up all games? Hey, Hey, <laughs> Back from the dead. <laughs> I know. Uh, so, so you had, uh, so, so in case people don't know, and if, if you don't, you really need to go to gaminghistory101.com and check out some of the things we put up there. Um, <clears throat> Jam has been on the mend after some holiday timing, uh, with, uh, with some stuff. So he's always been a, a faithful and loyal listener and he's been in the chat and stuff. But, uh, we had to, early on, we had to cancel some plans that I was hoping to have him on for, including this very show. Uh, due to that, so, um, but in the meantime, that didn't stop him from making an amazing video Christmas card, which again is live on uh, Gaming History 101. I'm trying to remember, it was right around the Christmas episode. In fact, it might have been the Christmas episode. That video is on there. So, um, you guys can go check that out. Just click on the December link and it'll show you the post from December. Um, but welcome back, man. It's good to have you on. I wouldn't have missed this. this. I mean, this is like been anticipating this for over a year since you last yeah. announced it. Yes, absolutely. In fact, yes, this is one of this was going to be one of my first game clubs, and Jam was ready. Beat the game seventeen hundred <laughs> times for it. Um, he had to buy a new Sega Saturn because he played it so much, and then I yeah, didn't fucking was... do it. <laughs> <laughs> so you should you should have seen the rage at the time. <laughs> I know. I mean, if anybody, I owe you the most. <laughs> So uh, we are going to be doing the Guardian Heroes Game Club. Plus, I've got some announcements on the Game Club coming up in March and also uh, some other stuff. But that's going to back burner for a second. We're going to do a couple of new things on Gaming History 101. And uh, starting with uh, kind of what we're doing right now, which is the banter. We're going to have a little bit of banter before each show, which is going to be great when it's a solo show. Because I'm going to do the fucking Mark Marin thing where I'm like... Yeah, so today I sucked again at getting a girlfriend. Um, I'm a selfish prick at 51 who's done too many drugs. And so now that I'm sober and have to live with myself, um, I can't seem to get over the fact that I'm fucking 22-year-old gorgeous women in Hollywood. It's too much for me. So, um, But I'm a millionaire and it's going to be okay. Anyway, that was that was my really bad Mark Marin impression. But okay, I'm gonna uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to do monologues on those days. So for the love of God, if I reach out to you to be a co host, save the listeners. My favorite like part uh <laughs> you know, my favorite part of Mark Marin's uh stick is when he goes into the whole bit about uh you know, people getting his name wrong. Like he went to French Cat and they were like calling him uh, French uh, Mark Moran or something. Yeah. Like, Mark, Mark Marin. Marin. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even do it in French. I'm not going to try. 
But see, only us weirdos that listen to podcasts way too much know uh, of, of his whole uh, monologue thing and yeah. going off to these crazy tangents. And I should say for the record, I absolutely love Mark Marin. If you're not a big podcast person, which is kind of odd if you're listening, but if you're not a big podcast person or you're just not really into the people he interviews, uh, he is actually a very interesting person. And his show, Marin, is available for free if you have Netflix. Um, check it out. So... Oh, I took Derek H's shtick. <laughs> Except for the 22-year-old millionaire. Oh, come on. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, so anyway, um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about my week, uh, because, uh, well, I've got a show, so I can force people to listen to whatever bullshit I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but it, it kind of relates to retro gaming. So, this has been a $2,500 week for me. Oh, whoa. Um, yeah, anytime whoa. you guys want to know what life is like. Yeah, so I have an Optimus G. It's a, it's an LG phone, uh, for Sprint. Whether or not you like it, whatever, it works for me. Um, but I'd never put a case on it because it was hard to find them because this, this phone was not very popular, even though I really like it. And, so uh, that's a really huge one that you can knock people out with, right? Uh, I don't know if it's as big. It's just under the note, though. I think it's a five inch screen. Um, and I like it because it's a droid. It's quad core. And it's got 32 gigs built into it. But it is also completely encased in glass, just like uh, the iPhone kind of is. But I think the iPhone uses plastic. So it's very breakable. And I've gone a whole year without breaking it. And it costs $700 to replace because cell phones do actually cost that much, you uh, Americans out there. Um, and, uh, and, and, and so get this. So I'm listening to a podcast with headphones in. And it's in like I have I have like at work I have uh, scrubs that have like carpenter pockets in them, kind of on the side by my knee. So it's about a foot, foot and a half off the ground. And I'm in the break room, which is carpeted, and I'm heating something up in the microwave. When I go to close the microwave, like something that can only happen when you are not trying to do it, uh, the hook of the microwave hooks the headphones, the, like, the cord of the headphones pulls on it and instead of the headphone coming out of the jack the phone gets yanked out of the pocket and falls on the floor face down on carpet and it breaks and the worst part about this phone is that when it breaks the phone is completely operational oh cool it's a great phone um the phone fort fortengard has it too um the phone is completely operational it rings it takes texts it makes alerts everything and you can even see the screen, but you cannot use the touch interface if even a small crack is in the whole screen. So the touch interface breaks completely. So you're staring at this phone, and uh, and it's just like, what the fuck? Oh, and, and <laughs> Andy wants to know what podcast was to blame. Uh, ironically enough, I was listening to Mark Maron's WTF uh, at the time that this broke. I was listening to the, uh, uh, the Lonely Island guy, Andy... Uh, Fuck, I can't remember his name. Andy Sandberg was the episode. Um, but uh, it broke. I have insurance, so it's cool. But, you know, uh, Asurion charges you $150 deductible for my particular phone. So that was a $150 lesson learned. Um, thanks to Droid and the cloud and everything, it was very easy to swap phones temporarily and then move back to mine. I, I really got up and running again in two days. Most people didn't even notice. Um, and then I bought an OtterBox for it, which I found on Amazon. So that was like 200 bucks out the door. Then get this, two days later, my wife, who has never damaged or broken a phone either, has the same phone, and it slides out of the diaper bag, lands on the concrete of our garage, 
And I was like, there's no fucking way that thing lived that. And it didn't. So we had to replace that. So we're at 400 bucks if you guys are keeping tally. Then I throw my car in for an oil change. They come to find out. Now, mind you, I am from Chicago, so I drive cars into the ground. I right now drive a uh, – we have the budget to buy a more expensive car. I just don't want one. I drive a four-door Cavalier 2004 with 180,000 miles on it. No engine problems whatsoever. Air conditioning works great. Whatever. But they find that, like, there's something wrong with my wheel bushing, and my wheel's about to fall off, and I need to do a couple of repairs. And it's it's really cheap for the parts, but the labor is really expensive. Dropped 750 bucks on that. Oh, plus, two of my tires were slashed, and I didn't realize it because they were slowly deflating. So anyway, I dropped 750 bucks on that. Then my wife goes in for her – oh, my wife's driving to work, and her alternator goes on her car. Same Same game. We have to replace the alternator and the battery plus the labor. 750 bucks. So I dropped – 20, uh, where, where, where are we at now? We're at 1900 bucks, and then my main cab fucking breaks. So, um, do either of you guys, are you guys with me? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. Just I'm sure. cringing in pain right now. Yeah, do either of you guys, <laughs> do either of you guys have a, have, have an arcade cabinet or anything? Oh, I'm not going to fit it in my flat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, arcade cabinets are very strong, so I'm pleased to announce that the Pit Fighter cab is fine. All buttons work, all electricity works. But the computer, the XP computer that I put in there that's custom made to work with the keyboard and everything, tons of software set up, which is the reason why John really isn't too keen on them, aside from the fact that it is emulation at the end of the day. Um, mm. Whole thing fucking shits the bed. <laughs> Now, is there a dedicated cabinet with, like, one of those little pull-out drawers or... Yep. Yes, it is. Okay. And it's got a... Uh, I, it uses JAMA, which is a form of arcade wiring, um, which, by the way, because I've been listening to Arcade Outsiders on a regular basis, I think there is value in doing arcade episodes. So just so you guys know, we've got arcade stuff coming up in February. We're going to lift the ban on, on arcade stuff uh, because uh, I don't think they're... Uh, I, it's not that they're not covering stuff well. It's just they cover a different facet of that world. Yeah, um, the, co- the more collection and, uh, like, uh, restoration. Yeah, and I want to just talk fucking playing Ralston in, in a fucking bowling alley. So, um, but, Hell uh, yeah. But and yeah. let's talk about the games that we, like, played once or twice and vaguely recall and be like, what is that game? And then someone can say, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's so-and-so. It's like, oh. Well, I've been doing that just recently because, so this PC doesn't start up. Now, um... For those that, that do work with arcade monitors, what I had to do is I had to put a graphics card. It was an old, like, Geoforce or something. Actually, hold on. Oh. A Radeon. A Radeon. An ATI Radeon. A 4350, to be specific, is in this PC because it's one of the few graphics cards that supports 15 hertz mode, which is a low power 15 frames per second mode that is compatible with arcade monitors. And so... You do that, but it won't play on a regular monitor. If you hook it up, you cannot view stuff. You know, I mean, people know this is a problem because you can't switch it back. So it's stuck in that mode, and if it gets an error message while it's doing its initial boot, which will by default do 640 by 480 resolution at 31 hertz, which is a traditional uh, traditional CRT or uh, VGA monitor, um, it gave an error message, and I don't know what that message is. So I go and, and pull it up, and apparently there's some there's some hardware flaw. And so the motherboard kind of part of it fried, and, and that computer's gone. So I was going to try to buy and reprogram a new computer, and I changed my mind about that because I've got a PC hooked up to my big 65-inch TV, and I've got a, a plenty of arcade controllers. I've got about three of them that are all like Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, and then just a traditional six-button arcade controller that are all like true arcade stuff. So I was like, 
why fucking do that if I've already got a main cab kind of built in my living room? So instead I bought this $200, 310-in-1 arcade thing. And it's one of the few JAMA boards that instead of being emulation like a hard drive and a computer kind of built into a board, it's actually just like they've compacted all the all the stuff that was in traditional arcade boards into mini chips, and it runs like actual arcades. And so I'm really looking forward to it. It's got a ton of games from our youth and a lot of stuff, like you said, uh, Yogi, that I'm having to look up. It's got a good Neo Geo suite of, like, Ninja Combat and Magician Lord and Windjammers. You Giant Bomb fans are going to go nuts over that. Um, it's got Willow. You guys ever played Willow in the arcades? I'm sold. Game's yeah. fucking boss. You had you have a Neo Geo. Yes, it, well, it doesn't have. It has a lot of the King of the Fighters and stuff, but again, it doesn't have all the traditional stuff, um, and it doesn't have any of the real classic stuff. You know, because those are all vertical cabinet stuff, and and you can't adapt those. You have to kind of let Mame kind of break them for you in order to play those. But anyway, I've got this board coming, and it's really cool, and it's just plug and play. So the problem I'm having right now won't ever happen again. And I even have a dual Jamma harness, so I can keep the thing as Pit Fighter as well, and. Uh, in an interesting postscript, my daughter did get to play Pit Fighter for the first time. And my two-and-a-half-year-old did pretty good up against the uh, the uh, male dominatrix first enemy you fight in Pit Fighter. So um, <laughs> I also managed to fix some of the wiring connections and the sound on my Pit Fighter. So thanks, thank you, John. Go over to John's Arcade on YouTube um, for helping me uh, uh, fix some of that stuff with some of your videos. I figured out how to properly clean and uh and check some of the wiring uh not really the wiring some of the the board structure of my arcade uh pcb so um but yeah it's been an expensive week <laughs> i'm not looking to spend any more money uh because uh, i don't have credit card debt but i can't say that after this weekend hopefully i'll be able to pay it off pretty quick but fuck <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's one word for it <laughs> On the plus side, I do have a little more of an authentic arcade uh, now. Uh, now it's no longer a main cab where we have to wait for the computer to boot up and everything. It's literally flip the switch, pick the game, press start. So, <laughs> And there's a lot of shmups on there, actually. You shmup fans will be happy to know all of the cave shooters are on it, um, as are a lot of Konami shooters and Raiden. Raiden or Raiden, uh, one of my favorite uh, 80s uh, vertical shmups. So. Ooh, do you have Jackal? That's, that's Konami, isn't it? Uh, I don't know if Jackal's on that list, but yes, that is Konami, I think. There's a lot of Capcom brawlers, too. I was very pleased to see Final Fight, Final Fight 2, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, Aliens vs. Predator, oh, uh, all cool. that shit. Yeah, that's all in there. And Willow, obviously. And then, uh, uh, oh, both of the D&D Atari games. Ooh, uh, yeah, yeah, those are both in there. The original Atari format, or the original arcade formats of those. And... Mm. Um, yeah, so there was some cool stuff. Oh, and the Punisher. We were just talking about that on the Marvel episode. That Mega Drive Punisher nice. was an arcade port and the ar the original arcade games on this list. So it's a pretty cool list. If you guys are interested, um, it's called Not Another Pandora's Box. There were two of them. There's a 401, which is more fighter-centric. So if you want an all-in-one fighter cab, that's good for that one. But mine is the 310-in-one because it has a lot more of classic arcades and, like, brawlers and stuff, which is more my style, up to and including Bubble Bobble. That's one of the more impressive games that's on there. So I have no idea how they chose them, but uh, I know they're there. So, but uh, anyway... Um, 
So how about you guys? Uh, let's start with uh, Jam. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to follow that, but you're welcome just... to. Uh, what you been up to, man? Well, we're going into stuff we've racked up, um, racked up in debts. So <laughs> yeah, you can do that, or you can do uh, um, all kinds of stuff. Uh, you can really do whatever you want. This is your five minutes, man. <laughs> oh god, five minutes spotlight. Jesus. Well, no, I mean you don't have to. You don't either. You don't have to fill it or be limited to it. So. Um, and TC says Jackal's on the NES, so maybe I'll play Jackal. <laughs> anyway, continue what you were saying. Well, I did have car trouble. I guess that's possibly one one debt I've racked up. It's not as expensive as your one. Um, that's uh, my um, my driver's side door. The the key kind of broke in the lock, so oh, I've had shit. to enter through the passenger side for the last couple of days before I got that fixed. <laughs> Uh, but in terms of that's probably the only day I've wrote up, apart from obviously the um, the usual um, stuff. Um, I've been having, uh, well, n- nobody wants to hear about freaking work and stuff like that, but I've had a really shit day at work today. But it's all it's all good because I'm here chatting to some cool guys today, which is really good. Uh, uh, the other thing I've done is I've been working on a um, couple of, like, I've been working on a couple of reviews for the Retro Game Geeks website and also just a few little personal projects in my work. I mean, you mentioned the YouTube stuff I did earlier, Fred, so I do actually mm-hmm. have um, a follow-up um, YouTube video that's actually a lot better quality than that rubbish I did earlier, <laughs> which I haven't Oh, thought, I sorry. loved that video, but I'll have to do an update. So, uh... I appreciate that. Actually, yeah, go I, check I, it out. I'll post that on this uh, this game, uh, this one, uh, the, uh, so you can check out his his updated video on there. Because I'm I'm subscribed to your channel, so I don't know how many you've got, but if it's a small number, I'm one of them. <laughs> uh, so no, that's, 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 well, it's, it's, I've only really started the. I, I'm, well, maybe last year I started doing it, and I was doing it when I was doing. Um, I started doing some videos for a another website. I've been go, I've kind, of, kind of doing my rounds on various websites. Right. Uh, for a, a different community um but um and then i thought well i thought well this is you know kind of like you do fred just doing it as a hobby now and just doing it for just for fun i don't do it for money or anything like that i just do it for enjoyment and um and a bit like i quite liked when you said uh, a while ago about when you get your first troll comment that late that's when you know you've kind of started getting a bit of popularity and i yep. did get my first troll comment quite oh recently. well welcome to the club <laughs> man <laughs> how does Completely it feel un- to be a fucking loser no <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just go kill yourself for for putting yourself out there and actually putting hard work into something that I can shit all over with a few sentences anonymously? Exactly. Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. (laughs) Yeah, I guess on the flip side, I I am getting kind of tired of people who like. There are some venues I feel like that, like IGN, they're always positive about video games, so I've got to congratulate them because they're one of the few. But they are still constantly bitching about negative comments, and I'm like, what is it? Ninety four? Like you're still shocked? Like no, I I love people (laughs) who take the piss out of it. You know. It's funny so. you mentioned that, Fred, because I actually met, uh, at least I met the UK editors of IGN uh, ah. probably about two years ago. And I asked, I asked them, like, honestly, from man to man kind of thing. In a, in a, we're in a bar, actually, um, drinking, mm-hmm. uh, or a pub, as you call it in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, yeah, because that's all you guys do over there, right, is get drunk. Exactly. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just get drunk. Well, no, I actually got a really good comment recently. Someone said, aren't you just like hobbits over in the UK? You just oh, smoke yeah. weed and drink all the time and you have hairy feet. And I was like, well, maybe my life." So, but <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I Absolutely. wish anyway, but 
Anyway, this uh, the editor. I can't remember his name. Uh, I'm probably best if I don't mention his name, just in case he's still working. I know he does the. Um, he did do the IGN UK podcast, so it's probably best. Oh, well, I, I listen weekly but... to them. I, I I'm one of oh, the few you? Americans yeah. who can understand them when they get into banter. So yes, I I, I very much enjoy. It. Um, yeah. No, I used to listen to it, but I, I just I just don't have time. So I don't have enough time in my life for all these podcasts at the moment. So um, so anyway, he was telling me about the troll coming here. He he really really just can't take it very well at all. He was he was very sensitive to it even today. And he says that, and he was telling me that it, it, he says it hurts really bad every time. <laughs> so, oh my god! Yeah, apparently apparently the Brits can't take that kind of criticism as well. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think. Well, of course, I'm using one person as an example to speak for an entire nation, which is totally American of me. But, uh, but yeah, no, like I've, I've heard that before. Um, whereas you can hear like John, listen, listen in two hours, guys. John will get off on the shit people talk on him. <laughs> that's true. That's definitely true. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? But, uh, but yeah, no, I've heard that before. But, uh, to me, I, you know, I think it's great and, um, I don't know if this has been your experience, either of you. Um, but you know, for everything I get of that, it blows me away with me putting those retro videos out there. How many times I get someone like all of a sudden you get like, there's a new comment on your YouTube and you're like, okay, let's see what this is about. And somebody like watched revolution X and said, I've never seen the ending of that and have no desire to spend the money required to play that again. Thank you for showing this to me, <laughs> you know. And so for every every guy who's like, "Oh, you fucking idiot! You suck at this game." There's somebody else who's like, "You know what? I've played Super Mario Brothers, and it does take you an hour to beat it without warp zones." You know, <laughs> and so yeah. uh, so I, I like that. Plus, I think the retro community is a little nicer, but there are trolls. Oh, well, yeah, you know what? Yeah. It, I, this is the way I look at uh, negative uh, comments. I think it's a good thing. You know, I, I, if you get trolls, if you if you're popular enough to have trolls, it means one of two things. You either have a lot of like traffic, which is good mm-hmm. for most people, or you're saying something worth that's worth a damn or doing something right. Well, and to, it takes to, a lot of a effort chance. to effectively troll someone, so that person is paying a fuck ton of attention to you. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's an investment of time. Just... Yeah, it really is. That that's somebody who you know not only has but will continue to download every episode you put out. <laughs> See, I'm not cool enough to have trolls like in all my content. Like so every now and then, I get them, and I'm like, yay! Someone just thought just it enough it to me troll me. Yeah, give, yeah, it, give time. it time. It, it, it's all it's all a building process. Uh, you know, like I said, I've always talked about this. I've been podcasting for about five years now, and aside from the the popularity I gained piggybacking onto the B team when they invited me on, um, you know, my first show was distributed through Mediafire. And I remember the day me and my co-host went out and got, to call it drunk is not to give it credit. We got fucked. There were bottles, at least two 750s of gin empty at the end of that night. And I think that hangover lasted like a week. Um, <laughs> and it was because we got like 14 downloads or something and a, and a listener mail in the same week. Like that's, you know, it's the little things you really got to pay attention to. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. And TC is pointing out that Revolution X has more than one ending, and I did get the quote-unquote bad ending. So thank you for pointing out how much I suck at games, but no. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I did not find all the boys in uh, in hidden – all the band members hidden throughout the game. However, I do mention in full disclosure that that is possible and that I'm not going to do it, uh, <laughs> both in the video and in the comments. But, um, but again, it's the little things you got to go for, and I'd like to say just to be a responsible – co-host that uh i don't necessarily think that heavily drinking is appropriate but i will say that some people do it and i am one of those people and i am an open book with my listeners so whatever (laughs) good or not (laughs) it is life um well i'm sorry to hear about your car again i should point out both of my cars though in my life are paid off so and my wife's car has under seventy thousand miles and is paid off so Again, those repairs and stuff are benefited by the fact that we have no car payments, you know. And so, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's a give and take thing. But, uh, um, but yeah. So, um, well, and I'm very pleased to have you back on the mend. And in a minute here, you're going to see the value as to why we could not do this show without Jam. And uh, Yogi definitely convinced me that he should be our uh, our third wheel here. So we are definitely going to. So uh, on it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we are. We, you were definitely going to be part of this, but uh, but Yogi convinced me uh, again. He never knew he had to convince me, but he convinced me in his comments that uh, that he should be here. But we haven't heard from you, Yogi. So tell us how your week's been going, or tell us something interesting, or tell us retro, or tell us how you got financially screwed this week. Anything you want, man. Gosh, I don't even know where to start. So many good tidbits there. I, how do I even follow that up? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I've had a lot of those weeks. I mean, I have a large family and there's always something that happens. Like, I know, I know for me, the pattern is if I go three weeks without some like crazy bill coming up or something unexpected that we need to pay out of pocket for, then, then something's really wrong. So I kind of come to expect this, like, oh, the transmission went on the car. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> yeah, right. Kind of, yeah. Oh, it must be. That's a regular thing. <laughs> What's that? You're like, the transmission went on the car. It must be Tuesday. I was waiting for this to happen. Yeah, yeah. It's almost no longer a surprise. Yeah, my mom had three of us, and she goes, yeah, you know what? Uh, If you want to have children and try to keep out of credit card debt, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We're we're at the point, like, uh, you know, I finally got to the point where we were all credit card debt free, and now we're using credit cards to pay each other off. So they're like, yay, this is a good thing to do. Kids don't do this at home. So starting in March, we're going to do a uh, fundraiser for Yogi's family. (laughs) But no, 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 I totally get it. Like, and I only have one. (laughs) And she's enough. Um, But, uh, but yeah, yeah, dude, it gets that way. Well, see, the, the thing about it is like, uh, I'm, I'm the, I'm kind of like the tough love one. And I'm also the frugal one and, and the one that believes in, He's saying no to something now so you can say something, yes to something you really want later. So put the whims away for now, and you, later on, the <laughs> thing you really want, you really need, you can get. And uh, the rest of my family kind of out- outnumbers me. But, you know, my wife is always like kind of like a beat sucker. And, you know, don't let Larry hear me say this, but uh, <laughs> one of the kids is graduating. He has to have the graduation ring, the collegiate size, and the fr- and the freaking super expensive photos. I don't I don't know what they do with these photos, but apparently they print them on on golden laced paper, and and uh, it has like mermaids. Um, I don't know, cum shots on them or something. 
Is that allowed to say nice. that? Nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. Uh, we uh, we usually say skeet, but you can call it what you'd like. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. It has to, has to be something really exotic for them to charge what they're charging. Because, like, oh, if you want this package, you know, this bundle, well, you get 10 uh, eight, five by threes for your wallet, whatever size they are. And it's like, oh, that's only $100. Uh, $20, off. Like, wh- what? Ah, that's crazy. <laughs> By the way, away from the money stuff, because you know the the grumpy old man in me is gonna come out, and that's no fun. <laughs> uh, oh, well, nice. you know what? When I do my my new show, Grumpy Old Man Cast, I will invite you <laughs> along for the ride. And as much as you think I'm kidding, <laughs> dude, I will be down for that I was every time. About doing like a weekly, like fifteen or thirty minute podcast where where I just bitch about something new because i read newspapers and i think kids drive too fast and god damn it if this world is oh, going to hell that's see that's gonna be one of my oh, like uh blog posts i've been i've been writing for a long time and blogging for a long time as well yeah. um and and probably for as long as they've been calling it blogs because well before that because the blog things that that term only came out like within the past decade before See, people thought, just wrote on the web, and it yeah, was like I thought a blog was something you got free with like a big gulp that you could put pico <laughs> on or something, and it tasted really good, you know. So <laughs> yeah, something like that. I guess in some circles it's that. But you know, like that's that's gonna be one of my articles one day. Is like this is how you know you're old, you're old or you're an old gamer, and that's one of the things I said. Like the kids are driving too fast. Oh, and like every time I tell you, and this is not a joke. I'm not just saying it because you said this, but every time I see a young driver on their cell phone while they're behind the wheel i feel like throwing something through their window or brake checking them or something it drives me <laughs> nuts oh man i'm horrible on the uh i'm horrible on the uh uh on the highway my my wife just is like your your daughter is going to learn all new words while in the car with you absolutely <laughs> and i already you know make- what i'm going to say to the second grade teacher too Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot that it was my job to teach you how to keep these kids in check. Um, you know, my daughter and I can't take responsibility for the rest of the class. Yeah, I'm going to be that person. Parents are going <laughs> to hate me. <laughs> anyway, but uh, but yeah. It's so. good when you make a compound curse words up. Yes, actually, I'm very good with the hyphenate. Um, I got really intrigued when Bridget uh, Bridget Fonda used the word fuck shit in uh, Lake Placid. And since then, I have come up with a whole fun just library of new words. I'm, I'm, I'm a very much a, uh, a student of the George Carlin world of thinking. <laughs> and so. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> the, the man that made a dying of cancer cool or whatever it was his no that that was uh no 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 the, Dennis Leary had the whole uh die of cancer stick that one album yes. that he had but George Carlin yes. was just generally just a grumpy old man he was you're great. all gonna die and yeah no farting zone and stuff like that <laughs> yeah no uh but but Dennis I, you know they all have their own place but uh, anyway <laughs> but, I'll, t- I'll tell you what Fred uh, there's one last bit for my little opening uh, mm-hmm. when you have more kids you're gonna find yourself getting to a new level of swearing well well where- you'll you, I'm in luck. I won't be having any more kids. Oh, <laughs> took the bullets out of the gun. Now I can point at anyone. They don't care. Well, in, a, in, a, in an alternate reality where you had more kids. Yes. <laughs> or maybe in this reality where you feel more guilty about uh, being a bad influence around your youngin. Uh-huh. You find yourself taking 
not so bad words and mixing them with really bad words. <laughs> like, uh, Apple, you crap dick. <laughs> I will tell you, my daughter now thinks that truck is an expletive because of how well she pronounced the word fuck the first oh, time she okay. said it. Ah, uh, so, yeah. Yeah. That's very common. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We so have that. now she'll look at someone and go, truck. And they don't understand why that's a big deal. But she has no idea that's, you know, like the, the daycare provider, I think, gave her a Tonka truck. And she's sitting there just, just, just <laughs> firing the word truck at it. And she has no, the daycare provider has no idea why my daughter is so passionate about that. But it's because she's seen daddy play Assassin's Creed 4 long enough that she knows that word very well. But, uh, and, uh, TC is asking me if I swear in, uh, in Spanish. I do. My wife doesn't like that though because she doesn't know what words my daughter can and can't repeat. And I said, well, if I'm sw- if I'm saying it in Spanish nine times out of ten, uh, you're not. But sometimes you can't help it, you know. You're on the third beer of the day or something, uh, late at night, you know. You're starting to play stuff. Your daughter's about to go to bed, and you die at this really tense scene. A lot of times, my retro gaming is done with her in my presence, which is kind of funny. Um, and then you're just like, I con your puta, you know. And you just you just go <laughs> off, you know. You're just like, hijo de. F- Pinche puta, and your 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 wife's just like, what can't she say of that? And I was like, all of it. <laughs> the best swearing in Spanish is the, is the swearing that makes no sense. And when you go, hijo de tu madre, it's like your, your mother's <laughs> what? Your mother's son? That doesn't make. How's that a bad thing? Yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm exactly. And so, so it gets kind of fun. And again, uh, what people don't realize, it's, I always like to do, and this is going to sound kind of racist, but I'm white, so I guess it's okay. But, um, I love to do the American <laughs> learning Spanish. They're like, well, what did you say right there? And it's like, well, when we swear in Spanish, we kind of just make it up as we go. We can kind of improvise and things like that. It doesn't need to make as much sense where people are like, I want to know what exactly Hijo de Puta meant. I'm like, well, technically it means motherfucker, but it's not the literal translation, so just let it go, you know? And so, you know, but uh, anyway, uh, but, you know, we play with that stuff, and and, and my wife has has no desire to learn Spanish, especially even the expletives, so, but... uh, yeah, I guess it, it works as son of a bitch as well. I've heard it's, it's motherfucker. I, you know, again, literally speaking, it's son of a bitch. I mean, that's literally speaking, but it, 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 the slang translates to various things. And then you can get into Puerto Rican slang versus Mexican yeah, slang. Yeah. I'm from Costa Rica and we have our own choice words we use that every Mexican on the block would look at me and go, what the fuck did he just say? Yeah, like you know? for us, for us, puta is a little bit more akin to whore, which is a little stronger than bitch. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So. I mean, it just depends on where you kind of grew up, you know, and it's funny when my wife will will watch like movies in Spanish with English subtitles and they'll say something and she'll be like, is that really how you say that? And I was like, well, that's not the dialect. I Sure. <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, it's 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 pretty interesting, but uh... oh, Japanese dubs are just as bad. Like if you know just enough Spanish, oh you can't buy like, I remember watching an episode of Dragon Ball Z, and it was dubbed. I'm listening to the Japanese. I'm like, all right, I'm pretty sure he said something about get the hell away from my house. Uh, no, get the hell away from me. And, and then the translation was, you took a, you, 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 you dropped a poop on my house or something. I'm like, what? Huh? It's like something ridiculous, <laughs> like a completely different world. Like, you know, get away from me, turn to, you pooped on my house. Like, okay. 
Oh yes, actually, um, real quick, and I'll I'll mention I'll probably start posting this. Uh, I've got some announcements to make next week, but I'll probably start posting this on Gaming History One One. So watch for it. But uh, this week's Eight Four Play, they do Eight uh, Four is a uh, localization studio in Japan that uh, used to be part of the One Up Network. Uh, they now do a podcast through Giant Bomb, and uh, they had a guy on who did Vagrant Story. He did the localization on Vagrant Story, and I oh, think nice. the PlayStation One. Oh, yeah. Um, retranslations of Final Fantasy five and six into English, and he did a lot of other stuff. And he he has continued to work throughout the industry. Um, and he was talking about how uh, there's a there's a cactus monster in um, in Final Fantasy seven uh, five. Sorry, they're in the desert, and um, the literal translation that the Japanese guy came up with was the cactus ejaculates spines all over the man. <laughs> <And he was laughs> We can't use that phrasing. <laughs> oh, and so man. there's a lot of fun stuff in that, and I'm I'm quickly becoming very interested in localization and translation. But again, my frame of reference is Spanish to English versus Japanese to English. But you can see very quickly, as long as you know two languages, how that gets lost in translation oh, very yeah. fast. Um, and how localization is much more importantly. Again, here's another shameless plug for my site, but fuck it, this is the podcast for the site. On Gaming History 101, I did, I think it's called Lost in Translation, a localization um, editorial that's about, it's like 1,800 words, I'm not short-winded on it, uh, that talks about the value of localizing something versus simply translating it. So, but yeah, it's a, it's a whole process. I've, I've been getting into that too. It's a, it's a whole like separate segment of the gaming industry. And I, and I've been involved in the gaming industry on different levels. And it's, that part is like really, it still fascinates me. There's so many things involved in it. That's why some, a lot of times we don't see a lot of games come out here in the American market. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, uh, and, hey, uh, Kate, what, just a question. Well, <clears throat> yes. Do you guys like The Walking Dead? Yep. Uh, why do I feel like this is a very baiting question? But <laughs> it's not a baiting question, I promise. Yes? <laughs> but it's a segue to one of the things I did do with my week that I have to do with bills and crazy kids and puppies. Okay. I need to go outside. That's basically my week in a nutshell. But I actually finally got to catch up with The Walking Dead, so I wanted to share that with you guys. I'm like, oh, excellent. I am not caught up on the show yet. Oh, you're not? No. <laughs> I'm, not the only I'm a couple episodes time? shy. I'm watching this season, but I'm a couple episodes shy. Okay, so you're still better than me then. I'm I'm like oh, okay. four episodes, four or five episodes behind a season four. Oh, I'm about two episodes behind, so I'm ahead of you. But fuck, right? <laughs> yeah. How about you, Jam? I haven't started season four. Sorry. <laughs> well, it's okay, Jam. You can play it off. If anyone asks you, just say exactly what I just said, because it works for almost every episode of The Walking Dead in any given season. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I have read all the comic books though, so leading up to ah. this one, so I kind of know what's going to happen. <laughs> Good for you, man. Yeah, and I've watched them too, uh, or I've read them too. Um, not completely up to speed, but I've read like the first ten graphic novels or whatever, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's not completely sticking to the story, but uh, you do see some parallels. And there's a certain character I'm just waiting yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to meet their demise because I've read the comics. I'm like, come on. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I know you're on your way out. Come on. <laughs> All I have to say is that I got tired of uh, – I know this is not the theme of the show, but we're making witty banter in the beginning, right? So this, fit, this fits. 
Yeah, we're going to make half of every show now witty banter. No. There awesome. will be Guardian Heroes. I know people are worrying. Honestly, we went into this knowing that Guardian Heroes <laughs> yeah. is about an hour of content. So just so people know, this is pre-planned. This section won't be that long uh, in every episode. Because sometimes I have to get down to the heavy shit. So anyway. But, uh, but, but yes. I, I, I just wanted to say that I, I was tired of Andrea's derpy moments. <laughs> the show. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, all right, guys, if you haven't caught, if you're like, if you're a noob like me and you haven't done the marathon session to catch up with uh, The Walking Dead, I'm, this is going to be a spoiler, but I'm glad that bitch died. Thanks. What the fuck? I didn't know oh, that. Oh, no, I'm oh. just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's <all> good. <laughs> I know you guys know that. You can't pull that over. Pull that out of me. <laughs> but, uh, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, hey. She wasn't too nice at Walker Stalker Con either. She was tough to get in line with. So, but uh, I'm just waiting for the time to rage out. (laughs) But uh, anyway, um, all right. Well, let's get into. I got a couple bits of quick news, so we'll fire through those, and then uh, fuck it. Let's let's get into talking about the real reason everyone (laughs) thought they were here, which is Sega made a little or Sega published a little game called Guardian Heroes um, with the help of. of uh um treasure uh anyway um so a couple of quick news stories that came up uh that i definitely think are worth talking about uh, i already mentioned uh the 84 play but um while it is technically about a lot of uh gaming in japan and modern day gaming um that at least those portions where he talks about how he got into localization um and i wish i could remember the guy's name off the top of my head but i can't um very well-spoken guy studied like mid-level Japanese literature at Harvard. That's where where he. That's where his education comes from. But um, but uh, definitely check out that the newest episode of A4 Play. Um, and I also wanted to point out that uh, um, that uh, in the in the old school world uh, there have been a couple of uh, interesting stuff. Uh, one thing is uh, one of our listeners, Pax fan, has asked about the Retron Five. This is that. Uh, this is that um, gaming console that's supposed to be coming out that supports six different consoles. N- Nintendo, Super Nintendo, uh, Sega Genesis, Game Boy Advance. Um, I think it covers – I think because it covers Game Boy Advance, it also covers uh, like mass – oh, no, I think it's Famicom and Super Famicom or something. Anyway, the Retron 5, which up- upscales everything for modern-day TVs – uh, does throw in scan lines if you want to and, and, and makes everything look better. Plus, it's using an Android-based emulation, so it's fully compatible with any cart you can put into it. It has been delayed yet again to the point that I don't know if this console's fucking coming out. Um, <laughs> Hyperkin, who does it, has traditionally done a lot of great consoles, but I think this is them biting off a little more than they can chew. Hopefully, it comes out soon, but currently, it's still delayed, guys, so I'm sorry for that. Um <clears throat> Fred, do you think that has to do with them being cautious because of the the way the the Ouya has been faring? <laughs> not really, because I think it's not apples to apples. It uses an Android back end, but for the most part, the the console itself is fine. And people have played it at trade events and stuff. I've seen a demonstration of it. It works perfectly fine. So I don't know what the hiccups are, but I know I I'm guessing it's a production issue. Uh, I really yeah. think it comes down to they made a deal and that company can no longer keep up with that deal. So they need to find a way to produce these consoles where they make a profit doing that. And I yeah. hate to say it, guys, but in the in the real world, 
you know, um, <clears throat> you have to make a profit off of hardware in order to do something retro. Um, yeah. Tiger Claw asks, if they ever work on the Retron 6, do you think it will support Sega CD and all CD-based <laughs> systems? <laughs> well, to be honest with you, I think the reason they're not tapping into that market is because of a little-known secret, which I will reveal now, of the piracy of CD-based systems. And that, that, that fact is there really was no... Uh, security on them. You can burn a Sega CD game anytime you want, and it plays just fine in your Sega CD. The same goes for your CDI, your 3DO. Dreamcast? Your, uh, well, your, your one and two Dreamcasts. Uh, people have asked about this before. If you look on your Dreamcast, there's a model number zero, one, or two in your serial number. If it's zero or one, yes, a CD will work. But those have to be kind of like patched and in CDI format, so those are a little yeah. harder. But you can literally just rip the bin queue from any Sega CD or 3DO or CDI game, and it works just fine. Um, Saturn, PlayStation, that's when security really started going. And actually, those securities were so ridiculous with the bad boot sectors and the weird rim on the outside of the of the Saturn that just solder a fucking mod chip and do it that way, you know, if you must. Um, but I don't know that they'll really do something like that uh, because obviously you can't advertise that it advocates piracy. And without doing that, there's really no reason to need to do it. Um, but those of you who have been waiting to pirate every Sega CD game, I guess <laughs> have at it, boys. Uh, Snatcher no longer a $100 game. But uh, anyway... <laughs> Um, also want to point out that, um, father of the PlayStation, Ken Kutaragi, uh, is, uh, geared up to re- or to receive a lifetime achievement award. Uh, it's supposed to be given out at GDC this March. So, uh, watch for that. Uh, father of PlayStation's great. And if you ever want to know why PlayStation rocks so hard, it's because Sony came out with its first console and said, fuck you to Sega and won still. And they did it in simple words. Sony PlayStation, two ninety nine ninety nine, And they did it again to Microsoft this year. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. how about trolling the same, or two different companies with the same gag more than 15 years apart? You gotta give them a little credit. <laughs> um, and last but not least, this one's, uh, riding right off the coattails, um, which is that, oh, well, actually there's two. One, Monkey Paw Game has started, Monkey Paw Games has started releasing a bunch of awesome import games on the, uh, PlayStation Network in America, and I think even in Europe. Yeah, can you... Europe. Okay, I, I you can. So. Okay, yeah. I'll check that. Uh, the first one was Dungeon, uh, Double Dragon, which was a shitty fighter. It was kind of like a fighter generated off of the one-on-one that was in the NES version. But, you know, cool, six bucks. It's, it's something. Um, and there was a much better hack and slash that recently came out that does not require you to know... Um, yes, Andy's asking lifetime achievement award. Your career is over your award. You are correct on that one, sir. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, uh, that one was really cool. I forget the name of it now. Um, but if you look it up, it came out last week, uh, and it's excellent for six bucks. Uh, I was having a lot of fun with it. Um, and last but not least on the same front. Uh, so Sony announced today that their plans for play- PlayStation two and PlayStation one games on the uh, PS4 is more of a traditional download emulator version with uh, emu- emulator concept. Now, before you guys get too excited, your discs will never work. Um, it already does not read CD because for some reason the CD license was too hard to put into the PS4. Um, 
And whether or not it'll read a DVD is is suspect because while the PS3 can technically read a DVD and it very clearly can from the software modification play PS2 games, obviously it doesn't allow you to put PS2 games into it unless you have a launch model. Um, but this is I don't know. What do you guys think? Is this good news? Is this bad news that uh, instead of using Gaikai streaming, they're going to probably offer a download format? Maybe they'll do both. You know, where you can buy the download version, but you can use a subscription fee for Gaikai. I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, I mean, I've never, I've never really tried uh, streaming game stream before, so I can't really oh. speak to it much yet. Uh, at least I've, ne- I've, I've never had like an on live or anything like that over here. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, so the uh, dream is still alive in your head then, because yes, those yes, of us so- who've actually tried it. It's kind of soul crushing. <laughs> yeah, kind of, if I had tried it, my opinion might be different. Thinking actually, the download would be a lot better. But, <laughs> but um, I don't know, Yogi. Well, for me, I come from it more from an overall perspective of the whole digital download movement, and I, I just hate the fact that both uh, Microsoft and Sony seem to be going moving backwards and getting rid of backwards compatibility and pushing digital content and. I think all those moves together just kind of make me upset because uh, they, they basically want you to buy stuff you already own again if you really want to play it that badly. You know what I mean? That's what it feels like. Yeah, it's, that's why I'm very happy Nintendo hasn't embraced this concept. Um, you know, they will never sell you your back catalog over again. They won't even do it between two. Okay, so I'm fucking <laughs> being sarcastic here. But no, 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 I, I see your point. And I, it still cracks me up how backwards compatibility is so important because I, you know, and again, there's probably a lot of retro gamers that listen to this show. So I might be preaching to the choir here. But what the reason it cracks me up is because it does not cost that much to buy a fucking PlayStation 1 for 15 to 25 yeah. bucks and play these games. And most games are dirt cheap. I think one of the highest, most sought-after games I own on the PlayStation 1 is Strider 2. And that's still like a 15 to 20... Or well, no, it's more like a 20 to $30 game, like a 15 to 20 quid game. <laughs> and that's like your that's like your high yeah I, i'm getting relatively decent at adjusting for british prices but um we got a global audience here now well i've been buying a lot of british stuff jam will probably tell you i i'm very eurocentric in a lot of my purchases jam is okay, your then. is your broker right he's, he's the one that's brokering the deal i'm sure i'm sure he'd love to make the commission off of it but no um, <laughs> no <laughs> Jam's uh, like, oi, oi, 50 quid for this? No way. That's terrible. (laughs) All all I could do is the oi. I'm sorry. That's all I got. It's because of this one guy I used to talk to in Great Britain who who never referred to it as a pound and calls it a a quid. And calls it quid that I I have not been able to break that. Like, I call it pound, like, almost never. Quid sounds Um, so cool. It it sounds, like, really boss. Yeah, it sounds like your money's alive. Yeah, exactly. 50 quid. So. <laughs> yeah, and they're gonna eat your full fucking soul. Um, don't leave your quid alone with your children. You never know what's gonna happen. But uh, but anyway, um, but yeah. So so to me, I think that's that's the thing. Um, I think where and you guys tell me, but I think where the strength of this stuff really lies, and I feel that of all people, Steam has learned this because you know I kind of joked about this on uh, on on the B team this week. But Resident Evil Four is coming out again. 
on yeah, Steam yeah. as the definitive PC version at 60 frames for 20 bucks, and I bought it. <laughs> I own every version of Resident Evil 4 that's ever come out. And I've only played the game like twice. Yeah. Oh my god! I have a GameCube copy that I've never touched. That's in the limited edition tin with the GameCube chainsaw controller, and I've never even booted that thing up on a GameCube before. Yeah, that's how bad it is. I have it on the Wii. That's how bad it is. And I'm gonna yet, it, dude. And yet, I still bought it. So I mean, there you go. Um, but uh, but yeah, I like I said. I think the better way to do it is to uh, – Sony danced with this and they kind of strayed away from it again – is to link the old games in with the new games as kind of a bundle package or even as like a $5 upgrade. You know, I remember they did that with Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts on the Microsoft side. You know, for a while there, you remember Medal of Honor had a Medal oh, of Honor game God. on the disc. And, you know, they did stuff like that. And I think that's the better way to do it. Um, I just – you know, I we just haven't seen it. And obviously HD collections work out, but they're collections. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I so... Th- you know what it is? I, I think it is about, about it, Fred. It, I, I see what you're saying, that some people are just bitching about it for the sake of having something to bitch about. That's so like, oh, I just have back compatibility. Ah, oh, blue, 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 blah, 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 boo boo But I think there mm-hmm. is a valid thing in there. It's just a convenience factor of just having... You know, if you're going to switch on your console, have that one console, and not have to mess around with changing inputs or anything. And it, it, it it's meant, for me mentally, I, I don't know about you guys, but for me, if I ha- already have a console on or my computer on, and I could just seamlessly switch between different games and not have to go through the process of uh, turning mm-hmm. on something else or putting a, dis- a different disc in or whatever, mentally, that makes it more accessible and makes me more likely that I'm going to stick with that game, that experience, and stick and, yeah. and keep playing. Otherwise, I lose interest quickly. I'm at that age where I don't have time for that mess. I'm, I, if I have to turn on another console and put another disc in, I mean, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> Done. Well, and, and you know what? As the retro gamer who there's almost no console you can buy me a game for that I can't play natively, mm. I'm a little biased. Um, right, right. I do not expect anyone who listens to this show or anyone out there to do something like that. You know what I mean? Right. So, See, that's um, different. Like, if you're going back to older systems to get the pure experience, that's a little different story. But when, what I'm talking about is laziness. You're telling me that the Xbox <laughs> One does not have the power to play Xbox 360 games? That's what this is nope. stupid. I mean, because when it no, comes it's, to consoles... It's, it's, it's knowing computer architecture, and yeah. it's, it's not above anyone, but it really is... Uh, it's not apples to apples. It really is hard because they have to emulate it, yeah. and See, that's, that's where it gets harder. They should it's have hard foresight. to get even modern-day PCs. Well, they did have foresight. Uh, again, this is a debate for a different time, but what I will tell you is they're looking to the future. And actually, I do personally feel that from a business perspective, there's very little money involved in backdating stuff. What people aren't talking about is that porting a simple PS1 game, now that the emulation's in place on the PS3 and the PS4 backwards, is dirt cheap. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and it's games like Earthbound and stuff that don't get ported until now, recently, because of licensing concerns that that stuff happens, but you will never see, you know, like uh, Die Hard Arcade ever ported. <laughs> like, it's just not going to happen because the licensing yeah. is ridiculous on it. Yeah. And you will never see 
Um, any of the, well, anyway, any, every time I say that, they will immediately announce that it's coming out. You know, I would have previously said you will never see DuckTales come back, but it's fucking wrong, so I'm done playing. Somewhere, someone has a Kickstarter or they're crowdfunding it as we speak. Oh, yeah. Can I say for the record, thank fucking Christ that Boogerman failed? But anyway, um, so, uh, and that's my take on it. People have asked me on a pretty regular basis what I think about that. That is exactly what I think about that. Um, that was a game that was good for its time, but it doesn't need to come back. It doesn't need to come back. Well, and I'm, I'm sorry to do this, and I'm at fault myself because I've gotten very talkative, but... I think we should move on to the Guardian Hero side because we yeah. are running out of time and I okay. don't want to not give time to this fantabulous game. So, um, I hope you're not being Guardian facetious Heroes. there, buddy. No, no, I'm absolutely talking positive. I don't know, Jeff. So. Did he sound facetious to you? I don't know. I don't know. Here we go. You're going to turn on me and my, that's it. I'm fucking kicking Yogi. He's not on the show anymore. No, um, anyway. All right, so without further ado, let's jump into Guardian Heroes. So, um, I, I re- Guardian Heroes is an interesting one because it's one of the few games where it's really hard to do any sort of research. I rarely use Wikipedia, and anyone who goes and looks up the Wikipedia page is going to see that there's like absolutely no, um, uh, there is absolutely no. Uh, real reference for it. Wikipedia is hor- horribly covers the game. Um, and, uh, it, it's hard to get a whole lot of development details. So if you guys want a little bit of backup on some of the great team members in Treasure, Treasure is the developer, um, definitely check out our old episode, The Treasure Box. Um, but moving forward, uh, I love how Wikipedia phrases it. They phrase it as a 2D side-scrolling beat-em-up in the vein of Final Fighter Golden Axe, but with RPG <laughs> elements. Which actually, I think, for what this game really is, is kind of insulting. Mm. <laughs> um, and that's not to glorify what the game is, because at the end of the day, it is a hack and slash, um, through and through. Oh, yeah, yeah. But... I think what differentiates it is this is a game that was built from the ground up as a console game. It's very clear this had no arcade roots. And all those other games are arcade games that their whole basis is to make you lose lives and have overpowered bosses that can cheat to help you out. And Guardian Heroes does not fit that bill, like, at yeah. all. Um, Though it could have been a good arcade game yeah. if they made it that. Yeah, but I kind of dug... Some of the uh, the different boss battles, especially some of the different uh, ways you can progress into who your final boss is and things like that, that uh, I don't know. I, I think there's some, some cool stuff to it. Now, for the record, just asking, it's okay either way, but did you guys beat it every different way you can kind of take? Did you guys look I, up the Matrix? <laughs> I got, I got four, out of four out of the six, is it? Or the seven? There four. are uh, five endings. Five main endings. Oh, so I got four, I got one one left. <laughs> so, okay. Okay. And some of them just depend on your path. I mean, really. Yeah. Uh, 
you got to literally, I had to have the flow chart in front of me <laughs> in order to know how to get them. <laughs> At first I thought I'd write them down and just change stuff, but uh, it didn't work that way. Uh, in That's the why end. we did. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. So, uh, again, I should point out I played most of this on the Saturn. Or uh, on, not on the Saturn, on the Xbox, I'm sorry. <laughs> I had one of two choices and I fucked it up. Um, my <laughs> Jinjiro um, Ibushi playthrough which is the uh the ninja basically i did that playthrough on the saturn and that video accompanies this very uh podcast on the website uh it's not live yet guys so don't rush out there um so you'll find that along with jam's christmas card on uh, or updated christmas card uh on the posting on gaming history 101 um but uh but yeah um so uh, just to do the basic stuff developed in 1996 actually one of the few games that came out first in america by one day over Japan, um, Guardian Heroes is made by Treasure, and much like any Treasure game, there are interesting attributes that are indicative of the shmup, which to this point, Treasure had not done yet. They will start development right after this game on uh, Radiant Silver Gun. But it's very interesting how shmup mechanics find their way into every single game from Dynamite Heady to Gunstar Heroes to this game. Um and uh, the, the what I what I think of when I think of shmups in regards to this was uh, the fact that the branching stages are very indicative of Darius or Darius um, the shmup, where you can play through it and and literally only see like a handful of the levels the game has to offer. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, it was one of the few Saturn exclusives, and for a long time until its re-release on Xbox Live, uh, much like various other games, including Treasures Gar, uh, uh, sorry, Radiant Silver Gun, it was a more than one hundred dollar collector's item. Uh, so many people haven't played this game, <laughs> and uh, that's why we did this. So um, I, I think we should open this up with uh, when, like, are you guys? Did you know Guardian Heroes before it hit Xbox Live? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. okay. I did too. Um, I happened to get it as, you know, I think everyone's got this kind of story. If you bought a Saturn at the end, when the Saturn was dying out, it was at Funko Land. And yes, it was Funko <laughs> Land at that time for like a hundred uh, bucks. I picked it up at the tail end of the, uh, of, of the PlayStation, you know, the 32 bit era and, uh, went to a Toys R Us and a Babbage's and basically, dumpster dove into the clearance games and this was one of them and so uh, this is why to this day i have a copy of guardian heroes um stuff has happened over the course of life that it's only been in a paper envelope for a long time till i appropriately got it a case but um but yeah I, i i got this game on clearance um it wasn't that rare at the time you know it was just uh not on a popular system so um well let's start with uh yogi what was your Mr. Mr. Superfan, before we hit the apex with Jam, what was what was uh, when did you play it, and what was so compelling about it when you played it? Well, the fir- first how I discovered it was kind of funny because uh, at the time I was a real huge Sega fanboy. I still kind of am, but um, I did not want to admit PlayStation was the better system, even though I I, I it, back then it was so easy to see. If you were a fighter fan, you would be correct. PlayStation is not the better system, so. Well, yeah, and I was a fighter <laughs> fan, but like well, everything else, when you compared screenshots, uh, you know, compared the oh, games yeah. side by side, like, whoa, the polygons look really jagged here. Oh gosh, <laughs> Laura Cross boobs are like triangles. <laughs> they literally but, were. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you can listen to the Saturn episode as to how that worked out, but yeah, they literally were. 
but I, you know, I, I, I needed every reason to justify my, my decision because I wasn't going to spend more money on another mm-hmm. system. And, uh, I, I had encountered this not even through word of mouth or any interwebs or anything of the sorts. I, I actually saw a poster with that had this game, uh, just a little screenshot. And I, from that one screenshot, it looked, and, uh, I think the cover art, and there was a bunch of other games on this poster, like a marketing, one of the marketing posters that, uh, Sega used to packing with different things. Mm-hmm. It really intrigued me for some reason. I don't know what it was about it. And I saw it in the store and I looked at it and said, this is it. This is the one I have to get. And I had no idea what I was getting into. And when I finally popped it in there, my mind was blown. I, it was, I thought it was just going to be just, you know, uh, Streets of Rage type thing. Very, you know, simple beat em up action. And there was so much more. <laughs> and, and I, and then, you know, four player co-op in there. I was like, yep. what? I, I, I just, that's it. I was sold on it after that. Well, when you say Streets of Rage, you got to understand I was very hesitant because, uh, there was a little game called, uh, Final Fight Revenge on this console. There was oh, yeah. a really shitty fighter. <laughs> <laughs> So whenever I saw anything that was from the beat 'em up genre, I was very hesitant. That's um, true. That's so, true. Uh, but uh, well, so Jam, a very clear fan. Um, while uh, I'm reading Yogi's thing over here, I'm, I'm not gonna necessarily say that y- either of you are bigger fans than the other. But as a very vocal fan on 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 here, and very upset that that we didn't do it. What was your first? Uh, um, what was your first experience with Guardian Heroes? What what started the trend? Well, it's, it's funny actually because you say I'm like a big. I probably only became a fan of the game actually when it came out on Xbox because my first experience playing the game on the Saturn. I've never I've never owned a Saturn copy myself, but it was playing at um, a friend's house, and um, he sort of said he's like you know he's like the, like the at the time everybody was like all about PlayStation at least where I was anyway, and uh-huh. nobody had a Saturn apart from this one person who was just like the only Saturn fanboy in the village literally. So and he was just like, dude, you gotta play this game, man, and he's. And he's one of those, he's another person that he was, he was obviously the, the local anime kid as well, who was, you know, he dug Final Fantasy and all that sort of stuff. So this is definitely up his alley. And yeah, he handed me a controller for Saturn and what a surprise, he gives me the controller that doesn't work. So I'm um, <laughs> one of the, yeah, quite literally. So only, I can only actually, I think only one of the fighting buttons works. I think it's like it's two buttons for Guardian Heroes, at least for attacking, uh, yes. light and heavy. So I could only use the heavy attack. And I was like playing this game <laughs> thinking, what the hell am I That doing? makes it kind of hard on some of like the robot level the uh, or yeah, whatever, was, the big elevator level, which every beat-em-up has to have. Um, <laughs> but you, you know what I'm talking about where the conveyor belt's going down? It's kind of like the Technodrome level in Ninja Turtles. Uh, yeah. that's not a fun one if you don't have, uh, some sort of, uh, a light attack that's quicker. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, uh, I think I just found the game overwhelming stuff because of that reason you just said, Frank, because when you got to those levels where there's just enemies everywhere mm-hmm. and you're just using a heavy attack, it's just like, oh God. And then my friend's just trying to sell it to me going, oh man, look at this, just watch this move right here and stuff like that. And there's just so much stuff going on. I'm like, <laughs> what is going on right now? <laughs> and, oh, I don't know. But then, um, but then like, you know, fast forward a bit ahead and then, um, you know, obviously it comes out on Xbox Live. I jump on the opportunity to get it. So I thought I've got to give this game another go because my experience of it wasn't Plus, by this point, I've seen lots of YouTube videos. I've seen other people review it and love it a lot. And mm-hmm. you know, speak so highly of it as well. Um, just for the record, for anyone that's interested in the chat, a, a PAL copy of Guardian Heroes goes for about £60 on eBay. You can maybe get it for 
Yeah, it's quite a lot. Um, you can sometimes get it for about 30 if you're lucky, but that, it's the buy it now price is about 60 quid. Um, but yeah, anyway, so, so I've got American it money, that's $600. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 but well, so that's a little lower than ours, but, uh, but that's still, that's still significant. And again, I don't know what it goes for, uh, in America right now, now that the XBLA versions come out, but I think that myth, that when something comes out digitally, it becomes cheaper for the collector's market is pretty much squelched. It might drop a little bit, but Earthbound has not taken a hit from being on Wii U's virtual console. So, anyway, continue. Oh, yeah, no, no, but that, that, it, all I was going to say from there is um, got it on Xbox Live. Again, kind of the same same point to start with. I found it a little bit overwhelming, especially on single player, when it, when it because the control system's just so Oh, shit, different. if you started on Remix yeah. version. Oh, yeah, exactly. my God. <laughs> But, but then, uh, <laughs> it's it's really it's a grower I find it's one of those games that the more you play it the more well you because it's so quick as well you just uh, what a single session only takes about was it forty five minutes you said uh-huh. yeah it's, it's not I mean maybe I'm um, giving it a little bit of credit I'll, we'll say an hour if you want to be conservative give yourself an hour for but, each well, playthrough. That- for each play for, I found it, well, the more you do it, the, the quicker you get, really, because it's one of That's those sort point, of games yeah. you, you keep going back to, and it's, yeah, it's just, just such a ton of fun. And uh, I still haven't seen everything in this game, because there's so many different routes. So if, I know a lot of the routes go to the same destination, but there's all those multiple choices and everything, and it's it's just a good, fun game. Yeah, you'll never skip stage 15. It's always there. But uh, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. But, uh well, yeah, and so I'll, uh, yeah, I, I mean, again, like everybody else, I, uh, I was very hesitant with the Saturn. I picked this up thinking it was going to be very similar to Clockwork Night. It was oh, not. Yeah. It was yeah. not. Um, but from a cover art perspective, and, you know, we've talked about this many times in the 90s, that was really what you had to go by. Yep. I didn't know what the fuck to think of it. Plus, and I still think this is one of my favorite things, is I thought the undead hero was like the last boss you would have to fight. But he's actually <laughs> your buddy. Right? Because no one told the American-European box art guy that that's not your enemy. Oh, <laughs> that yeah. he's actually yeah. helping you out. Um, it's kind of funny how the box art looks distinctly different between the European and the Japanese and American version. Cause they definitely, in the American uh-huh. version, it looked like the, the skeleton guy is gonna be the final boss. It's like, oh man, this guy's gonna kill like, me. Holy that's shit. And then cool you're like, though. yeah. You know, no, he's cool great. When you come into him, you know, the whole twist, like, boom. Oh, he's, yeah, he's a Monty fucking Monty. Monty. Yeah, I know, exactly, yeah. Um, so, real quick, uh, we'll get into what Guardian Heroes is in case you haven't played it. And if you haven't, really, uh, I gave you plenty of opportunities, but, it is ten dollars on Xbox Live, and it does have the original Saturn version with the original kind of pixelated Saturn graphics. I don't think it's quite one to one, but it very faithful uh, for what it is. Um, yeah. But the game has a couple of different modes. We'll predominantly be probably working in the story mode, um, <clears throat> and basically it's kind of a hack and slash because it's got a heavy and light attack. But unlike many hack and slash, it has a block button, which can be very useful. Um, knowing exactly when to block and, and once you kind of like Jam said, once you kind of figure out the rhythm of combat, um, can be very useful. There's a magic button. X on the Saturn is a magic button. I think it's X on, on 360 as well, actually. Um, no, it might have been left bumper now that I think about it, but either way. Um, and some people have only like a very simple one, kind of like Samuel Hahn. Um, whereas Randy M. Green, I love these names, by the way. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, Randy M. Green has many different 
attacks. He has every elemental you can think of, uh, fireballs, lightning, ice, and then he's got that laser attack, which I have no idea why he has. He's part Terminator. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, and the easiest way to beat the game, especially on hard, if you want the achievement, is you play as Nicole, she can heal. So you just, uh, you basically just, uh, constantly heal her. Um, and uh, there is no limit to magic points uh, in the regular version. That changes a little bit in the Xbox version. And uh, and it, uh, again, uh, so the couple of differentiators is the the ability to block the magic spells. And then, of course, there are three layers of background and foreground, which you can jump in between to kind of get you out of hairy situations. Um, and then I think last but not least, it's that the boss characters were more traditional uh, compared to the hack and slash or the beat 'em up, which traditionally came from arcades, in that uh, the the mechanic was learning their patterns and how to counter their attacks, as opposed to they just have a bunch of fucking hit points and can you spam certain portions of uh, of battling them, like uh, fighting Krang and Ninja Turtles is nothing like fighting some of the uh, boss characters in this, you know. Um, for example, Gambo. Gambo's really the trick of him is not being able to navigate the screen and hit him in the right place. You know what I mean? So, um, oh, yes, and I'm missing the biggest part of which we've talked about, which is the undead hero <laughs> who you receive, what is it, the second level, no matter what? Right, you get yeah. him in stage. Kind of, yeah. Okay. Um, and, and no matter what stage you get, you get the undead hero, and he is basically an NPC that is surprisingly decent AI. Yeah. Mm, you know, yeah. so... Um, so like he's got what, like five commands. He's definitely got special attack, protect me and attack everyone in sight. Um, and then he's got a couple others and I forget what those icons stand for, but you can utilize them. It's like Berserk or something. One of them. <laughs> Berserk yeah, well, I think was only on the Saturn version. Cause I played the, the 360 uh, version, the remix. Uh -huh. And I don't remember seeing the Berserk thing. Oh, he just goes crazy. Yeah, I, I, no, oh, no, it's, it's there. definitely there. It's there. Yeah. <laughs> it's the last one though. You got to toggle it. And I think that's a, a little bit of a difference from the Saturn version because there was a, isn't there a toggle button and then an unleash button on the Xbox version? Whereas on Saturn, you would just toggle it and he would start acting that way. So I think that was the difference, but I can't remember now. Well, in the, yeah, in the no. Xbox version, you have to press. It's the it's the right bumper to bring up the menu. They have to select it mm -hmm. and press the right bumper again to right. execute it. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I think it's right bumper A, right bumper or something. Yeah. So it's a weird combination, um, but of course, all these things make it very different from I would say the traditional hack and slash, and then. It kind of borrows some things from, in my opinion, Dungeons and Dragons, the, the arcade games that recently also got re-released, um, in that you level up, uh, you have very traditional D&D stats, everything from vitality to strength, integrity, charisma, things like that. Um, your hit points go up, your magic points go up. Oh, actually, your magic points don't in the traditional one because you had technically unlimited magic points, um, depending on what you <laughs> earned. You, it would just keep going. You could... Get as many as you needed, and um, and also uh, obviously the different routes. Right, you you made decisions along the way on a consistent basis. In fact, stage two has a fork, <laughs> you know, and from there you can go all over the place. So, um, uh, let's see here. 
And let's talk real quick about story. I'll just fire through it real quick. So basically the concept is a supreme being created, and this I am stealing from Wikipedia, so thank you guys. <laughs> uh, supreme being created from the universe to find the ultimate warriors to hire as his personal soldiers. A vicious battle was waged between Earth and Sky Spirits called Earth Blood and Skyborn in the 360 version. Uh, the Sky Spirits bestowed incredible powers upon humans, effectively making them powerful wizards. Human wizards joined efforts against against the earth spirits banishing them into darkness soon after this was accomplished the sky spirits grew fearful and jealous of the humans and banished them into darkness of the earth spirits by the way they're dancing around the kind of biblical feel to this japan <laughs> definitely plays with god and the devil on a consistent basis in games we wouldn't know that in america because it was all stripped but that is a big part of it mankind instead opted for a more physical approach to life the time and, uh, and the time of the sword began welcome to the Renaissance. One of the human wizards, Canaan, escapes his imprisonment from the Earth Spirits and comes back to the surface to get his revenge on the Sky Spirits. There he brings the case up with the existing Khan since they do not trust him. He destroys them and replaces their kingdom with a wizard kingdom with puppet Khans to do his will. The former king prophesies prior to his death that should his reign and the time of the sword be brought to an end... Um, then the sword would resurface and in turn bring into the, uh, to Kanan's region as a precaution. Kanan banishes every existing sword into the new kingdom, but he overlooks one particular sword and guess what? <laughs> it's the, the right heroes one. Heroes find him, find it. Also, the former princess Serena survives the ordeal and joins the band of knights to bring about Kanan's end from the inside. Spoilers. Serena not only assists you as an NPC, but she is an unlockable fifth character. At the game, start four warriors. Han, Randy, with his pet rabbit, Nando. God, I fucking love Randy the Green. Nicole and Jinjiro uh, find the Sword of the Valiant Warrior. Serena arrives to warn them of the knights that have learned their possession of the sword and are coming back to take it. The four flee as their home bursts into flames during the invasion, which is a really cool town scenario early into the game. And they escape to the town via separate ways, rendezvous in the graveyard nearby. The leader of the Black Knights, Volger, awaits them there, accompanied by a powerful robotic warrior. They're unable to damage it with normal weapons. Han resolves to use his new sword against the robot. The sword is struck by lightning, recruiting, uh, electrocuting Han and causing him to lose his grip on it. The sword then votes to the burial mound of its original owner, who rises in zombie form. This is your, you know, undead hero. Um... Enraged, he obliterates Volgar's robots and attacks Serena. However, the five discover that the warrior obeys any commands they give. They resolve that with their new ally, and it's time to attack on Kanan's new kingdom is at hand. So Kanan is your bad guy, and it also is a very clever way to explain why you can be any of the heroes and still beat the game. <laughs> so pretty smart, right? Um, and then from there, the story branches into a million different paths. So there you go. Final battle is almost always in a heaven-like world. Spoilers. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, and again, this is one of the first times where I very much saw the heaven and hell dichotomy uh, placated very strongly in a, uh, in a video game uh, in America. So, but uh, anyway, so uh, I don't know. I, I think the best way to kind of handle this uh, going into the end is to kind of bounce off. I don't know what you guys do and don't like about it. I don't know. Uh, so there are four playable characters we've talked about. Samuel Hahn is the tank. He's really strong. Um, he has a tackle maneuver that uh, can uh, take down blockers. 
Um, but he's a fucking like a tank. He moves like a tank. Um, and uh, and his magic is sh- is kind of shit. He has the uh, the flaming attack. The woo. Um, <laughs> Randy M. Green is your mage. He's got a fucking rabbit, and he he does a lot of crazy attacks, but uh, but he has no health. Jinjiro is my favorite. He's just kind of uh, very flexible, very movable. He's kind of the elf of this world. He uh, has some magic attacks. He has some power. Um, but, you know, he, he does what he can, but he can combo. And, again, as anybody who's a Final Fantasy fan knows, the uh, combo ninja is always the scariest one. And then, last but not least, is uh, Nicole. She heals a shit ton, so you don't have to be good at the game in order to beat the game with her. Um and then when you unlock Serena, which uh, I actually didn't do this time around, um, she can play, but again, she uh, she didn't really uh, do anything specific. I don't know. She's just like an all-rounder, I think. She's just like kind of totally balanced across the board. Yeah, she feels a little more like Jinjiro, but um, she's got her her like angel attack that was pretty fucking crazy. I remember the ice, the ice breath. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And one, she's yeah. got that Valkyrie one, where which is like fire. So she's kind of fire and ice. So, again, where I think Jinjiro doesn't really have that strong of a magic attack. Like, he's got a magic attack, and it's much more significant than Han's, than Sam's. Um, it's not really his bread and butter. Whereas I think Serena leans a little more, you know, she's more balanced in the magic world than she is in the physical attacks world. But they are very balanced characters. If you're going to play through this game with the most balanced characters, I think it's Jinjiro or Serena. Those are your catch-alls, but of course Serena's not unlockable from the get. So, Yeah, you've got to complete, but, I think uh, you've got to complete it on normal mode, or at least once on normal mode to unlock her. Uh, you know, I thought that, but I don't think... Maybe I did unlock her that way. You know what? Now that you say that, maybe I did. For some reason, I thought that it was one of the paths where you, like, save her life or something. But you know what? No, she's along the ride with you most of any version. So you're right. You're right. I think it is just beating it with with normal mode. So um, I think you could could beat on any mode and you unlock her. She's kind of like the gimme. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, I've never played it on easy, but I definitely know you unlock her. With. <laughs> well, you know, and because the game's actually not that hard. We haven't talked about this, but the Saturn version of the game on medium is not that hard. Yeah. You get like nine lives or something, and it's pretty easy to beat the game without going through those. I think even on the hardest parts where I didn't learn my lesson, I still got through with about five or six, five or four lives remaining. So, yeah. Um, but unless, if you get a game over, spit. it is game over. <laughs> well, I was going to say, unless you spit in Cannon's face. If you like provoke mm. him and you and you fight, you choose the path where you fight him several times. <laughs> I that... did that the first time and did not beat the game that time. <laughs> yeah, uh, for this game club, I hadn't played Guardian Heroes in a long time, and I don't think I've ever chosen to spit in his face. I did it this time, and I got more fucked than a prom date. Like I was Samuel <laughs> Hahn, and uh, th- he was literally like, "Excuse me, I believe this ass belongs to you." Um, it was it was pretty bad. Um, it didn't go like- well. He doesn't even buy you dinner beforehand. That's the thing that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he was he was pretty brutal. Uh, so yeah, don't spit in his face your first time through. Um, but for some reason, I felt that you know it kind of new game plussed its way through where you carried your stats over. But that's not true. You actually start with a fresh hero each time in yeah. both versions. Yeah. So 
Uh, that was the part of it I forgot about. Um, uh, because I remember somebody got to full vitality, but that basically means you just do really well and you pump every point into vitality, which you can do. And yeah, you'll have rock star hit points, but you'll be kind of worthless otherwise. <laughs> um, yeah. but again, it, it, what, what is cool about it is how dynamic the play style is. I don't even know what some of those stats do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, but uh, and and again, there's a game facts guide that I'm sure tells me. But uh, yeah, anyway. I think the luck, the luck yes. stat is one of the more interesting ones. I've mm-hmm. tested this out myself, and I, I like you. I'm I'm a little lazy and bother googling it or whatever. But I'm pretty sure luck is what affects the random pairing. You know, when you randomly yep. block someone's attack and then you can counterattack and not take damage. I think that's what the luck does. Because I notice every time I put luck up higher. Mm-hmm. I'll start like just spamming key, you know. I think it gives you buttons. more of a window to parry because I'm sure the Dark yeah. Souls fans out there are like, "No, it's all about fucking timing. You just suck at it," you know. But uh, <laughs> but I do think that's what luck does. Is it either the parrying is not only based off of timing and random, or it's just plain based off of timing? And in either regard, luck definitely improves that. Because I did a couple of playthroughs, and again, you're you're totally right, Jam. Like this game, when you really get sucked into it, like you only had to do six playthroughs to see every version, or five playthroughs really. But I'd say six because you can play with the, you know, with Serena. Yeah, but nope. uh, <clears throat> but I played through this game about. 15, 12, 15 times over the last month. Because, right, it's just something you do to wind down. You're like, fuck it, I'll play some Guardian Heroes. The baby's down for a nap, you know? Um, and uh, and when you start doing that, you start doing little experiments. And one of those was janking your luck. And I got to this point where, like, yeah, you basically just didn't want to attack me if I was ready with the block button, you know? Um, yeah. But it's weird how it, how it does affect some stuff. Um, so, but uh, anyway... Yeah, definitely. Uh, are we gonna talk about the different game modes in the remix by chance? Yeah. Oh, yeah. we definitely are. Uh, I just wanted to say, so there are different branching paths. We've talked about them. I kind of told the storyline, and I'd like to say that I'd love to talk about the paths, but the reality is, is there's there's not there's not enough, in my opinion, of a differentiation between each level. And I know that makes it sound like a negative. It's not really because there's really awesome art in this. This is like the death of the 2D sprite art. Mm. Like it really is one of the final games that really utilize this. The hand-drawn sprites are gorgeous. They look amazing even on the – actually, I almost want to say especially on the 360 using original graphics. Um but I think that's just the higher resolution. But at the same time, aside from seeing the different settings, there's really not a whole lot of dynamic between the different stages. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in terms of what you're doing yeah, well, and how you're doing it. It's just but, a swap. Yeah. yeah. But I will say this. Your choices have more of an impact than they do in the Mass Effect series. Oh, I went there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's there's truth to that. And actually, if you look into all the different characters, there are a lot of enemies and random cons you'll experience and see. And then as we get into it, some of the stronger Earth spirits uh, that, that you'll you'll never see unless you get to the right stage. So definitely bring your roadmap and... Play it that way because it's actually kind of cool, you know. Yeah, and it's really funny actually. Now that I'm looking on Wikipedia, of all the things Wikipedia doesn't help you with, 
it tells you exactly what those those attributes do for oh, yeah. your stats. But luck as well. Is that thing? I think I saw that earlier. Yeah, yeah. So strength determines physical damage. Vitality is HP. Intelligence is size and strength of spells. Mentality is how many MP the player has and how fast they're recovered. Agility is the speed at which they can do physical ma- magical attacks, and luck modifies the damage player gives, receives. And improves, uh, in addition to improving Nicole's selection of spells. Well, who fucking plays as Nicole except, like, <laughs> once to go, like, sorry, I don't want to play as her. And it's not because she's a girl. It's just she wants to play the fucking healer. Let Michelle <laughs> Madison play the healer. I'm, I'm playing something else. Anyway. Um, and that's said with much love because Michelle Madison's been addicted to a healer mini game on her iPhone or something. But anyway. Um, <laughs> yep, yep. So let's get into other game modes because aside from the storyline, um, there are multiple modes on even the Saturn version. Uh, in fact, uh, Yogi, in your uh, article you wrote, um, and I, I will have a link to this in the in the show notes. Um, and appears <laughs> you loved Randy the Green as much as I did, um, <laughs> but uh, but you talk about the fact that there there's more than just the arcade mode. Um, yes. Mm. There, uh, so I, I don't know. I, since you brought it up, wh- you want to speak to this? Yeah. So, well, I'll speak more about the the 360 version because I'm that's more fresh in my mind. I just I just played it some more today. Okay. Um, and well, in in the Saturn version, there was versus mode, which yes. I think is the first one you're going to bring up. So let's talk about that for starters. Yeah, the versus mode I, I love because the versus mode, um, well, actually. To be clear, they did something mm-hmm. weird in this version. The arcade mode in the 360 version, the HD yeah, remix, I think right. is the versus mode from the Saturn. If you are correct. Sense. You are absolutely correct. So, uh, it's like the horde mode, right? Yes, yes. So the arcade mode in this... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to like a total brain fart here, but the arcade mode in the 360 version is like an arena mode where they just throw everything at you. And, and that's the vers- what the versus mode is in the original game. Yes, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, well, because it's it's. Uh, I think there was four players, and um, now I'm trying. Well, actually, now I'm I'm torn. I still no no. I think that <laughs> I was that. I resend that. There was there was uh. They did something really weird. Like they they took parts of the Saturn version ga- uh, modes and then. Uh-huh. It- built upon them because the the arcade mode i think jam wants to say something about this because we're like fumbling over here. yeah if you know the answer jump in buddy but the versus like, mode has 12 players that can battle simultaneously in the in the, in the three well it does version. on the xbox version because they've got online and stuff but yeah i seem to remember it was limited to four people on the saturn right right so oh, I six i think versus had six players on the saturn i believe you could plug in the multi-tap so. Oh yeah, I forgot the multi tap oh, was a thing. Right. That's right. Now, was this like one on or like six on six? Was this Royal Rumble style or was this the Horde mode? That's what I can't remember. Well, the uh, the notes I've got I've got for um, the Sam version is there was the yes. there was the versus player on player up to six players, and that the, okay. you could choose from any of the enemies from the single player game. As, you could make teams the, too, right? I think so. I don't, I don't actually mm-hmm. have that details with me. So, but, uh, I think you could do two on two or three on yeah. three. 
and the 360 yeah. one was up to 12 players of um, right. versus and the arcade version the arcade mode in the free, at least the 360 version was just like like you said the horde mode you just start in a random level with enemies everywhere and that's and like, that's the it. new that's the new mode right yeah, yeah. Okay, because I'm trying to remember now. Could you? Because you could play in one of these modes as one of a, a myriad of characters. There were like 30 characters that were all the random people from within the campaign. Right, all the people I you think unlock. That's on, the on versus the mode, right? Because I wasn't that in the Saturn mode. Am I, I'm, that's what I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I'm pretty sure in the Saturn version you could I'm only have play with characters that. in the other modes if you unlock okay. them in the in the campaign in the story mode. Well, that's gotcha. the same it's the 360 as well. You have to unlock them too. Yep. 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 So I think that's that's the what they did different. I think the one thing that's different in the 360 version is well, two the two things that they have 12 players instead of six on the verses, and then the arcade mode is that arena. Where yeah. you just have everything thrown at you, and that's crazy. That's like a survival mode. It's crazy. Yeah, it's just, yeah. and it's like a yeah. leaderboard function and all that with points and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, my we Royal Rumble up. comment is getting a lot of. Uh... <laughs> I thought Royal Rumble was thirty half naked guys in a sweaty pile. Well, actually, I call that Friday night, but you know. Uh, anyway, um, but. Uh... <laughs> But yeah, okay, okay. Now I'm starting to remember this. Uh, and again, I I need to go back and check. Um, I think actually in the six on six in the versus mode, I think you really could use characters you would unlock in both the Saturn and the 360 version, uh, based off of the path you took. So, um, I know they're unlockable in one of them, but anyway. Yeah, they definitely have unlockables in both. Of them. That's, that's part of the yeah. appeal of the game is the the stuff you can unlock. Lots of people's value just because of that. It was one. Of, it was funny because you would see it save on the Saturn. Like I don't know about you, Jam, but on uh, or or you, uh, Yogi, on my Saturn I have the action replay that also has the uh, um, the extra storage. Yes, and uh, and I would see it save, and I'd be like, "Oh, cool, new game plus or whatever." But uh, no, no, <laughs> it, was, it was like uh, the the eight megabytes. It was just saving what guys? Yes, the eight meg. Uh, yeah. RAM. It's eight meg. It's four meg of RAM and four meg of storage. Um, yeah, that's right. Yep. But all it would save was who you've unlocked. It didn't save any stats or anything. Yeah, and it would. You know what? It would have been neat to have uh, a, a persistent mode where you could carry over your character, but then have the game new game plus unlock. for the win. <laughs> yeah, just to throw. Oh, you know, I'm doing extension. my forty second playthrough of Guardian Heroes. You know, whatever. <laughs> um. Have it, have it be like bullet hell and just like a, a billion yeah, exactly. enemies. They have like, you know, 16 Earth sprites come on the screen right at the same time. <laughs> yeah, fucking live that, dickhead. Have it get to the point where like it starts screen lagging. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's, yeah. It's really the Saturn wouldn't right be able thing. to handle it. The machine just farts and shits the bed and that's it. <laughs> but uh, um, the other thing I wanted to point out, though, uh, while we're at it on the 360, is um, there were mild uh, directional attacks that were in the original Saturn version, but they were pretty basic, like forward-forward attack or something, and and they did different things, or like um, dual heavy was like a combo, you know, and things like that. But in the remix mode, and the remix mode significantly changes things. Um, you know, people talk about the fact that, you know, the Bleach games that Treasure later did, the fighters, uh, 
some of the roots of that were ingrained in the original Guardian Heroes. But on Remix mode, they full-fledged integrated the Bleach battle system. Everything from air recovers to dashbacks to uh, to special attacks and things like that were all thrown into the game. Plus, unlike in the original game where you could juggle the enemies, but they really didn't get an opportunity to do that to you, there is a fuck ton of juggling in the Remix Edition. Have any... Have, Obviously, Yogi's played it, but Jam, have you played the remix version of this game? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's the, the air juggling. Fucking is. hard. It's yeah. fucking hard. Yeah, you get a lot of game overs before you complete that game for the first time. Yeah, uh, it yeah. also limits your MP uh, as like a permanent bar, and mm. I think your regeneration's much slower. Because back in the day, it used to like auto regenerate. Basically, if you could hit a bunch of guys in a row, and you had the healer you were good to go, right? You know, you just get Nicole and you just go to town. I mean, it's how you get the uh, the beat the game on hard without dying achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, on the remix version, that, that shit doesn't fly. You can't do that well. Um, so uh, anyway, I, you know, I don't know. What, what do you guys want to say about the uh, remix campaign? I love the, the fact that everybody could do the air dash and that, it feels like it plays a little bit more like a Marvel versus Capcom game. It's, like, it's a lot more responsive where you could do like you could break in the middle of a move. If you realize you're about to jump into like danger, you could break out in the move and like, you know, dash backwards or backpedal and whatnot. It's, it's pretty crazy. I, I, I like it. it's a lot more fluid. It's very complicated, though, if you start it from scratch, you know, having yeah. played the game before yeah. I decided to jump right into remix mode. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, if you want my personal opinion, I think the uh, it's it's not advisable to uh, you know go with uh, Samuel Hahn as your first playthrough on the remix. He's not <laughs> he's not the he's actually the least fit character for that mode. Um, but I also yeah. like the uh, the graphic style. It kind of smooths everything out, adds anti-aliasing, so it really smooths out the jaggies, and then it throws like a. Um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like Okami style, like uh, the shading effect, cell shading. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, which it's I like it's actually kind of cool. It's yeah. like a pencil drawing. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, the, the cell shading was very cool, and I know a lot of people like to piss on that when they're really heavy on, you know, the retro stuff. But I thought it was a very cool art style, and again, I, I praise any game where they try something new, but they also give you the ability to go back to the original graphics. And so oh, yeah. I think that was handled right. And Treasure has always done that with its ports. Mm. So, um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, all in all, very dynamic, very cool game. Um, I think like most things Sega does, a little bit ahead of its time. Yep. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, it's, it's weird because the genre is so ingrained in like two years before it came out. You know what I mean? And so it's it's really just a weird combination of games. So I think it's got a good place, you know, locked in, in, in the annals of time. And I love that Treasure released almost, I, I think actually every single one of its games can be downloaded on the Xbox Live Marketplace. And definitely, you know, the Sega classics like Gunstar Heroes and Dynamite Heady can be found also on the PS3. But the Radiant Silvergun and uh, this game, Guardian Heroes, were, I think there were 360 exclusives. I don't think it's available on PSN. Not sure about so, Radiant Silvergun, yeah. Radiant Silvergun and Guardian Heroes. I don't think you can get this on PSN, can you? No, I don't think so. No. I would have grabbed so it, yeah. So, I mean, again, um, 
if you want my recommendation, guys, especially if you're retro gamers, uh, Radiant Silvergun is an amazing shmup. And it's going to be coming up very soon here, uh, which we'll talk about in a minute. And um, uh, and, and definitely Guardian Heroes is, has its own merit. I mean, it's going to cost you probably, I think they're 10 bucks a piece. So it's going to cost you 20 bucks. But as long as you download them, do it before they start delisting this stuff. Because a lot of Xbox 360 arcade games are getting delisted on a regular basis. Yeah. And I fear the day that tre- it didn't perform very well. Neither one of these games did, Radiant Silvergun or Guardian Heroes. And I fear the day that they get pulled off. Because the- these things yeah. do cost money and they do take up server space. Which is but a shame. once What? It's a shame that they didn't do well, really. Because, you know, they're- especially Guardian Heroes and Radiant Silvergun, because they're-, they're really well made. And they're quite cheap, actually. I don't think they're $10. Uh, at least in the UK, I believe uh, Guardian Heroes is about £5. So I think it's gone down. Okay, so that- maybe they're cheaper. Yeah. Um, but either way, um, once you've bought them, they can't take them away. I bought the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade, and they can't stop me from re-downloading it. I have digital rights to it. Yeah. Again, they can take the servers offline, but it just doesn't seem like they're going to do something like that. So, again, it's good to have them in your collection, especially if you've not played it. So We, we, should, we should just like uh, rally everyone to get Guardian Heroes because supposedly the story was, and we are talking about this earlier that uh, Treasure originally wanted to make a sequel to Guardian Heroes uh, and, you know, make official Guardian Heroes 2 because the Game Boy Advance game, you don't want to talk about, the, you know, ugh, that was the debacle of a game. <laughs> but uh, Sega was like, well, why don't you try reviving the IP first and then you can make a sequel? So that's why they made the, the HD remix and then it was supposed mm-hmm. to make Guardian Heroes 2 contingent upon the performance of the remix. And I guess... You know, it didn't really do as well, like you said. But, you know, it's never too late. I'm still hopeful. I'm going to be a fanboy about that. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, I, I don't think... I, I don't think that in the days of these indie darlings and various games that are taking risks, that it really would be as out of place as maybe it was, you know. It, I mean, this thing came out in 2011 when it was re-released, but yep. I don't think it's even out of place as it would have been or was in 2011. Yeah. Um, do you guys think that this game was a game that was initially well received, or was it? Is it a game that people caught after? Most people caught at well after the fact, and then it became like a cult following. Because from what I remember, the say, game got ridiculously high scores when it came yeah, out. So yeah, a lot of people said the same compliments, backhanded compliments. Right. We saw in the Wii generation, where it was a good game. Dot 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 for a Saturn game. Right, and that's you know, and the so that's the problem. That's the thing about it. And I also, from everyone I knew that owned a Saturn, no one I knew played this game, so it was weird. Like it, it, it was mainstream, but the, at the same time, it was underground. I guess Sega. That was kind of just a Sega thing then. Anyway, it was like mainstream, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, underground somehow. <laughs> but maybe a lot yeah, of it, it has to do with the fact that um, the the Saturn didn't do very well. Really. You know, just didn't jump. I mean, because the people I know that had Garden Heroes back in the day did enjoy it. They, 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 a lot of people call it like the hidden gem and stuff like that of the console. But, um, you know, the fact that maybe, maybe you know, the place, like I said, at least in the UK, the PlayStation was dominating. So not many people really paid attention to. And I get maybe it has something to do with the fact that 3D was getting big as well. So people weren't that interested in 2D. I don't know. That's, that's my opinion. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it really came out at, at a very weird time. But the game speaks worlds to, like, its strength as a Saturn title. 
And I think that's what's most significant about it yeah. um, and why it, it deserves to be and rightfully is on many top Saturn lists. Because it's there's no – I don't really think there's a caveat to this game. You don't have to say, well, if you're into – you know, before you play this game. I think it has a universal appeal. Yeah. But I, I guess if, if there's one, I would say you have to be into the repetition of, of, of you know, repeatedly playing games. Um, the same game over and over mm. again. But, I mean, it's it's dynamic enough. Um, real quick to speak to a couple of things, though. Uh, we've already talked about Guardian Heroes Advance. Um, just a quick warning, guys. Uh, it... it it kind of stutters like an old Nintendo game when too many people get on the screen at the same time. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't like the teenage graphical style. I hate the fact that they replace almost every character. And it's just not a really great game. But some people like it. <laughs> <laughs> and so proceed with caution on that one. It was a Game Boy Advance title. Uh, it came out in 2004. Um and then you were telling me, Yogi, that uh, Code of Princess on the 3DS is uh, considered the spiritual successor. Yeah, um, even though it's a completely different uh, developer behind it. <laughs> but yeah. It's got more tits than the original. I'll give it credit there. <laughs> the girl's wearing almost nothing. Yes. Um, that was actually, go figure, that was actually one of the criticisms by uh, a lot of journalists that it, one of the characters is not wearing enough clothes. Like, really? Okay, well, I'd like to go on record and say it's fine by me. Yeah. I don't really give a fuck. Yeah, um, pretty much. <laughs> I think there is this push, and, and again, I'm not getting on a soapbox here, and I know we got to wrap up, but I think there is this push to say things that are popular, and I don't really think I give a fuck about games like Code of Princess or, um, uh, what is it, Dragon's Crown? I just oh, yeah. don't really yeah. care what they're wearing scantily clad girl in video games holy shit golden axe says hi oh my god <laughs> yeah Where exactly yeah, it's I mean, not like it's... i can see a prince of persia enemy with a thong and even care um you know cammy says what's up you know like i don't care anymore i don't get turned on by it and i don't even really register it anymore i don't understand why this continues to be an issue issue however the game has a ton of extra characters and it is kind of like a hack and slash with rpg elements i have not played it myself but uh trees who comes on this show quite often did say he had a lot of fun with it so i'm looking forward to trying it uh i just haven't gotten around to it i need to pick it up digitally or something but uh but again a lot of people said the visual style is similar uh yeah but, and uh, and and the, the thing that I th thought was also cool, like it had the combo system with all the multiple hit counters, whatever. But then also mm -hmm. they have a Panzer Dragoon style lock on system, where like you, you see. Know, and I almost see, think that yeah, I almost think that Guardian Heroes would benefit from something like that. But again, that's a that's a hindsight request. That's a real hindsight request. Um, so yeah, the fireballs just randomly lock on to targets in that game. <laughs> Yeah, that one I'll kind of let go, but I mean just when you need to lock onto. Uh, we talked about this early on where Jam's talking about like the juggling and a lot of characters on screen. Yeah. There are times where you go for an attack on one character and yeah. you know it hits somebody else. How many times did I beat up a peon when I just really need to fuck up the boss? <laughs> um, yeah. So, or, so, uh, or conversely, when you use an attack, that ha it's like an AoE attack and it hurts your teammates too or stuns them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that happened in that game. Um, 
But anyway, well, without further ado, and I don't want to uh, disrupt Arcade Outsiders, uh, I guess we'll call this to a close. A couple of things I want to say real quick on the back end. But first and foremost, I want to thank both of our guests for joining us um, and doing this kind of like social experiment that we will continue. So, guys, give me the feedback at GamingHistory101 forward slash contact or contact me. Uh, let me know what you think of this, but I think we're going to do something like this on a more downscaled version where we talk, we wax a little nostalgic on old video games for like an hour and then maybe do a topic for an hour. So tell me what you think. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, so first and foremost, Yogi, you do the Horseplay podcast aside from your uh, random ventures in uh, being invited on as a guest host. So uh, where can, where and when can we find that? So yeah, Horseplay is at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Thursdays at, on Twitch, on my channel, YogiZilla, and also on the OB1X2 channel. And we'll, we rumor has we might be coming to all games. Uh, I'm not gonna hold my breath mm-hmm. in that because I think Derek H still doesn't like me. <laughs> I just like I just call it out right there on the. No, nah, we no. we just like to pick each pick on each other. It's a, it's a, it's, a, <laughs> it's it's all love. It's all love. But yeah, that, hopefully that works. It works out. Uh, but if not, we should be coming to Stitcher soon. I'm um, working on that, and uh, yeah, I've been working on another show too. I've, I've done a few podcasts, but uh, Horseplay is definitely sticking around. And I'm going to probably do some other formats, so don't be surprised, Fred or Jam or anybody else out there, if I uh, call on you to guest on the show for doing another show uh, in the future. But Horseplay, 11 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget. I'm totally in. I yeah, amazing. So, and, um, so Jam, you don't have a podcast per se, I don't believe. <laughs> Nobody wants me yet. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, well, just so you know, and I guess I'll do this live, um, this sounds kind of mildly lately homosexual but anyway um i've always looked for a co-host on uh, gh 101 the offer's always been extended so you are welcome to be part of this if you want to but that's all that's your call so we'll talk off the air but uh but uh, i've always wanted a second on gh 101 I'd, I'd love to never have to worry about being solo on a show again so you're welcome to join if you like i can fill um, that void <laughs> <laughs> but uh but you also do some great writings and some freelance stuff. Anything you want to pimp at this moment? Well, probably the best thing for me to pimp is just if anyone wants to see what I do, follow me on Twitter, which is uh, the Jamster at Jamalais. Jamalais is spelled J-A-M-A-L-A-I-S, but it'll be in the description, I'm sure, of the show. Um, but yeah, I, I write for a, sh- a few things, uh, and that that's the best place to see where I'm writing for stuff. I'll also pimp because I think he was in the chat earlier, but he left. Um, is the RetroGameGeeks.co.uk because they'll otherwise they all won't get off my back if I don't mention it. But... <laughs> But uh, there's, there are a bunch of cool guys. It's a very small community there still. Um, so if anyone's interested in that, you know, just like retro gaming again, it's very British. I'll warn people at the moment. So it's it's more you're looking at more stuff like you know sort of ZX Spectrum sort of stuff like that there. But if anyone's interested in that sort of stuff, it's worth looking into. But just generally a, a nice little community there. Um, look at the forum and stuff. Um, and uh, sorry to keep pimping stuff, but I'll also mention. Um, <laughs> You know, um, easy mode unlocks because I've joined the forum over there as well. There's some really cool guys over there, but I'll I'll leave it there though because there's just too many plugs. <laughs> so. Well, it's actually yeah, it's it's also where uh, our our official forums are at this time. Yeah. Um. But uh, but anyway, and you can find me at uh, gaminghistory101.com. Or if you want to do something more modern, um, I do the B Team podcast here on All Games at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every Thursday night. Uh, real quick. Uh, just so you guys know, um, we've got a couple of, uh, uh, we've got a couple, uh, wait a minute, hold on. 
John's saying I almost always go late. No, I'm offline by by eight o'clock every time. Uh, nine o'clock Eastern. Anyway, um, so real quick, uh, um, our game club coming up is going to be Buffy the Vampire Slayer for Xbox, uh, the original. So uh, pick that up and play it if you'd like. And uh, beyond that, we've got a shmup one coming up. Um, it looks like we're going to be doing. Um, Oh shit, I forgot the list. Anyway, <laughs> check next week. I'll I'll give you the list, but I know Power Up's one of them. I know Radiant Silver Gun's one of them. I know Cinemora's one of them. And then I'm forgetting uh I think it's Velocity Ultra, the Vita game that recently was on PS Plus on sale. Anyway, and then there's a fifth game that I will announce next week because everyone's rushing me to get off and we went long. So I'm sorry, guys. Anyway, in the <laughs> meantime, you said. can check us out at, yeah, right. In the meantime, you can check us out at gaminghistory101.com. Thank you, TC. Thank you, Derek. Thank you, Arcade Outsiders people that gave me the time of day to wait on it. Thank you, uh, uh, all games and, uh, thank you everybody. Peace out.